You're listening to The Main Course, where food is serious business. Listen along for insights, strategies, forecasts, and thought leadership from the front lines of food with your host, Barbara Castiglia. Welcome to The Main Course. Our guest today is Angela Fernandez, who is the VP of Community Engagement at GS1US, which we're going to learn uh, all about and what they do. They are an information standards organization and how everything that they do um, relates to the restaurant and food service industries. Uh, So welcome, Angela. Um, First, you know, explain what GS1 does and, and, you know, and what they do um, to help restaurants and food service. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for having me, Barbara. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Um, So yes, Information Standards Organization is quite the mouthful. Um, Most people actually know us through our our first standard, which is uh, the UPC barcode. But we are really part of a global organization that develops standards for the supply chain. So when you think of identification, Yes, that individual item, but cases, pallets, locations, assets. We've got a lot of produce that's transported in totes, right? How do we identify those? And then how do we structure the data? So that is really where our work with industry to define and develop those standards to help make our supply chain more efficient and effective is where we come into play. So So what do restaurant owners and operators need to know about what you do and how it affects what they do? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, Food service restaurants or operators uh, really need to understand the standards when they look at what's coming into their back door, what's entering their restaurant. So information about the products that they're purchasing and using to put into dishes. Number one, to be able to know the information about the product, to be able to provide information to the consumer. And then two, really from a traceability and inventory management perspective, having line of sight to that information through globally unique numbers and standardized data structure helps the back of the house run more efficient so the consumers have a very delightful experience at the front of the house. Can you give some examples of food service companies um, who are using the standards? Yeah, absolutely. Our organization um, actually was developed by the retail industry back in the 70s, and it was for point-of-sale checkout. I will say that we now today have 25 different industries that are utilizing our standards around the world. And the food service industry here in the U.S. really came together, I would say, in 2009. And we had 55 CEOs that sat in a room that represented our manufacturers, our distributors, and our operator community and said it was really time to work together to make our supply chain more effective and to collaborate more strongly with each other around the products we were creating, distributing, and ultimately using inside of our menu dishes for consumers. And GS1 standards was a way to be able to help them with that. So what started as 55 CEOs uh, in in a room, we now have 135 companies sitting around the table today driving the solutions to the supply chain problems the industry is experiencing. Now, those companies are just the ones driving the solutions to what we've prioritized to focus on. But when you look at the overall usage of GS1 standards, we have thousands of food service organizations within the U.S. 
that are using them today, either to identify their products or to receive information about products that they're distributing or consuming. A few examples would be um, from a supplier perspective. You can think of your companies like Kellogg, Nestle, JBS, right, Coke. When you look at distributors, it's companies like Gordon Food Service, Shamrock, Cisco, Dot Foods. Some of the operators that uh, we have that have programs today around traceability and the use of the standards include organizations like Chick-fil-A, Wendy's, and Subway, just to name a few. How did you get interested in food safety and, and in doing what you do? Well, I have had the pleasure of working for GS1 US for about 20 years. And it just becomes sort of part of the mission, right? To get involved in, in food safety and some of the supply chain challenges. We've been working with the food industry almost since the day I came to the organization, looking to see how we could go from commodity identification to globally unique identification, knowing some of the challenges we had for traceability and visibility. So even before the Food Safety Modernization Act, um, we were working with our members to drive more industry collaboration so that data could be shared consistently and that food companies could act on their own to voluntarily become more vigilant about food safety. So it's really been inspiring to see how these companies work together, not just because it makes good business sense, but because it's the right thing to do. Food safety has been a huge topic um, over the past number of years um, for the restaurant industry and food service. Um, and one of the things um, was the FDA um, and uh, putting menu labeling, and then also the Food Safety Modernization Act. Um, and what about these do restaurants need to know um, in order to operate their businesses? What did they have to comply with? Um, and, um, and what does it provide them as a, to serve their guests better? So you mentioned the uh, menu labeling law. So I would just highlight for that for one second. That was actually introduced in 2010 and was finalized in 2018. So when you look at that regulation, the goal is around menu labeling requirements to be able to provide our consumers with consistent nutrition information. So think of you know the calorie counts, right? The, the consistency of what's in there. Um, for all of our standard menu items inside of the restaurants or similar retail food establishments when you look at kind of food service inside of retail. And the regulation focuses on those organizations that have 20 or more locations do have to adhere to those requirements. And I would say the benefit, I mean, we're all consumers, right? We go to the restaurants today. We're wanting that information. We want to know what's what's in our food, what's gluten free, right? What uh, what may be free range or what the calorie count is. So I think it's informing them um, and making sure that they have the experience that the food service operators are really trying to provide um, to make that 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 experience a good one. Then you look at fast forwarding up to, you know, 2011 and January is when President Obama at the time signed um, the act for the Food Safety Modernization Act. And this really was the first major federal legislation on food safety that we had seen in the last 70 years. There have been a number of rules that have come out from this um, that affect being certified from an imports perspective, working in areas for food defense and older um, 
adulteration of the products. But the last rule for the Food Safety Modernization Act actually just came out last month, and that is the one that is focused on additional traceability. And I would say that what we've been hearing from our industry is it's the one that we've really been waiting on. So what is it that we, the industry, are going to have to do in order to provide the traceability requirements that the FDA is looking for on the foods that we're either creating, distributing, or bringing into our restaurants? Why is food traceability so vital? Food traceability, I would say, is vital for a number of reasons. I think, number one, we all want to make sure that we're providing safe food (laughs) for the consumers and being able to trace that, understanding where it came from. Did the temperature change during the transit, right? All of those are different elements of data that we need to ensure that that product has maintained um, the state of, of it in order to be able to prepare it and put it inside of our dishes. And I would say reversely is making sure that if there is something that's come into question throughout the process, how do we proactively go back and trace where that product has been or where it came from so that we're ensuring the best experience for our guests and consumers. What role does technology play in enhancing the supply chain's traceability and in transparency? Yeah, that's a, that's a very timely question, I would say. Um, we've been looking at technology to enhance the data that we can achieve across the supply chain, right? So technology essentially can digitize the supply chain and enable us to be able to respond effectively. So we've been looking at technologies around barcodes and being able to automate the information that we're able to to receive instead of manual entry or manual data sharing. And now we're seeing other technologies like RFID, IoT, blockchain come into play so that they can be additional data points that are captured during the supply chain and the transit of those products to provide different pieces of information to help us truly see that journey in the end from the product. Can you go a little bit more into what RFID tech is and um, and you know what it what it can do to you know to help the supply chain? Yes, there has been a lot of interest lately uh, within the food service industry on radio frequency identification or RFID technology. And essentially what is being explored right now in food service is being able to apply these RFID tags to cases to be able to increase the visibility of our inventory. And also, as I mentioned previously, to enhance our food safety processes. So let's take RFID and maybe put it in a warehouse setting for just a second, because that is one area that's being looked at. It's got to start early in the supply chain, right, for the operators or the food service establishments to be able to leverage it. But even just RFID in the warehouse reduces the manual barcode scanning piece that I was talking about because it doesn't require human intervention and there's no line of sight reading for it. So it can free up warehouse staff to perform other tasks. But that information can automatically be captured and then shared downstream with training partners so that when I'm receiving it in the back of my restaurant, I've got real-time inventory visibility, which can be a game changer to me as a restaurant when you think of specials that I'm running or limited time offers like LTOs, being able to have that information at my fingertips to be able to remain proactive and how I need to order 
or uh, restock items and service my customer to create that experience, that continuous good experience becomes essential. We're talking a lot about data <laughs> and are. how important it is and how, you know, there's just so much data at your fingertips, but you, it's, it's that you need to anal- analyze it in, in the right ways to know what data is important to you. So what are some ways that restaurants can increase and improve the data that they have at their fingertips now? Yes. Well, to, to your first point, Barbara, I would say you're right. There is a tremendous amount of data that we could create and share with each other's trading partners. I think one of the values that um, an organization like GS1 offers to the industry is that collaboration component, which is essential today more than ever, right? Given the pandemic that we're all fa- uh, facing and working through. But the industry kind of came together and collaborated on what information do we need just to move the box through the supply chain? What information do we need to be able to order effectively for our restaurants? And then also what information do we really need to be providing to our consumer? So the industry's kind of agreed on what that data set looks like, and we've applied the standards to help support it. So our recommendations, and when we talk to restaurants, is to help them understand that they can really benefit from the data that they have the potential to receive from their partners, because it turns into a business opportunity to really enhance the experience for the consumer. As an example, they can say that a certain fish that they're offering was caught in Alaska, or that the chicken that they've got on the specials today truly is free range. So the standards actually provide real-time access to that information through data synchronization, which is something that the industry has been focused on almost for the last 10 years as well. So we have, I would say about a million items that are inside of our food service supply chain today that are sharing that level of information among trading partners which as I indicated, has tremendous benefit to each of those stakeholders that service the industry. So in addition to GS1, what are some kind of resources that you would recommend uh, for restaurants um, so that they can learn more about this for themselves? There are a lot of resources that are available. I would say, as I was just referring to the fact that industry has kind of come together and collaborated on what information you know we need to be sharing, how to structure that data, which then makes the technology you're using um, not a, a factor in the equation, right? It shouldn't matter what technology I'm using, as long as my data is structured correctly, I can receive it um, in the way it's intended. But I would recommend actually going to the GS1 US website and looking at the work that the food service industry has done, the data they've defined, the structures that we're recommending, to create and to share that data with trading partners to allow you to take advantage of it. And I would also say, depending on whether you're a restaurant or a distributor or a manufacturer, I would say talk to your industry associations as well. We have the International Food Service Manufacturers Association, the International Food Service Distributors Association, the National Council of Chain Restaurants, all working together and they also have additional information available on their websites to help support a lot of these initiatives that the industry is supporting. So how has the pandemic affected um, GS1's mission and what you do? 
Well, it has definitely affected our mission. Um, I would say that we've had to reassess. And when I say we, I, I mean the greater we of GS1 in the industry, because being an industry-driven standards organization, we <laughs> we don't have a mission without, without the industry. Um, but given, obviously, that their focus needs to be in other areas, we've really had to kind of take a step back and make sure that we are prioritizing the key things needed to help the industry through this time and to stay as close to the bottom line as they, they can during these times with all of the restaurant closings and coming back at half capacity. So we've been focused on how can we help in that aspect through the data sharing that I just mentioned and really talking about best practices around supply chain resilience. So one example would be given that the demand for us in food service did decrease early on in the pandemic and we're still not back at full levels, we were seeing the demand in retail grocery grow by 300%. So we were working with our members and in the industry trade associations on how do we get that product diverted from the food service channel to the retail channel. For our food service distributors, they were creating apps and going directly to the consumer to sell to us at our homes, right, the products that they had kind of in bulk, what you would find at your Costco and BJ, if you will. And I would say um, the other aspect, too, is that when you look at the fact that because demand was decreasing for us, we did unfortunately have to furlough associates within these organizations. But I would say we were also able to take some of those furloughed folks and make them available for work inside of retail grocery, knowing the increase in demand they were experiencing. So we just tried to help our customers through all of those changes that were happening, as well as making sure that they were prepared once the increase in our channels and the needs for our services and food service started to, to get back to normal levels. Were there any particular pain points that you were hearing from them? We were. Um, the data set, so I know you said it's all, a lot about data, Barbara, and it really is because data drives our businesses, right? And I would say while we've got some similar data requirements that the retail grocery channel has, there's also a few differences. So we really had to focus with our members on kind of closing those gaps. And then I think the other piece that the industry associations did very well was kind of doing a matchmaking service, um, a one-to-one. -one. So if a food service uh, organization was seeing a decrease here, but had an abundance of inventory in this category, was there a retailer that could pick that up and making sure that we were able to divert and repurpose those items. So that's really where a majority of our focus was. So how do you think the pandemic has affected uh, consumer trust in restaurants and food service? So in our pandemic influence world, uh, we are definitely seeing uh, consumers rank food safety as a factor that's kind of more important than anything else when selecting a restaurant. I mean, they still care about sustainability and healthful eating and affordability, but safety is definitely at the top. So I think as uh, I think this will continue and restaurants still need to represent a place where we can come together and socialize in a way that is truly special and it's safe, right? And it's something that we've not really been able to enjoy those experiences as much these days, but we're obviously craving them. So restaurants should demonstrate that they're ready to accommodate the new concerns of the consumers. 
And we're really seeing that with the contactless delivery, curbside pickup, we're seeing the digital menu boards become more prevalent. So we do believe that these models will continue to evolve as the food service industry needs to be in a position to respond to these changes. Are there any other trends or technologies that you see that will have an impact um, as we hopefully enter more of a recovery process? I'm not sure that we would see any increase in technology only because the investments and the IT resources have really uh, been minimal during this time. I think once we hopefully get past the pandemic and get to our quote new normal, if you will, and we start to see you know, our foot traffic from a restaurant perspective get back to, to the levels that we experienced pre-COVID, I think that there will start to be a renewed look and investment in technologies. Some of the ones I mentioned is really where we're seeing a lot of interest. Um, the radio frequency identification, because you don't need line of sight to capture it, and visibility is becoming so important, right? So when COVID did um, happen in March, a lot of people were on the phone trying to see where the inventories level were at their different locations. With technology like RFID, you've got that automatically available and visible to you in order to respond. Um, you know, temperature sensors, that's becoming very prevalent for a lot of fresh foods, especially in the food safety dialogue, is how to monitor those products and anticipate problems. And that is what allows us to be more proactive instead of reactive. And I also mentioned blockchain and, you know, distributed ledger technology is being looked at quite a bit. I would say it is more towards the fresh food items, but I think that the distributed ledger technology is adding another element of security from orders and receipt and seeing that information with all of the supply chain partners involved in that purchase that is adding to the equation to enhance the overall visibility of the supply chain. But I do think investments will, will slow down um, on the technology front, but hopefully we will see them pick up as, as we start to recover and get to that new state. <laughs> well, I know I've had this conversation with other people before where you know the restaurant industry was not known as being very uh, open to technology um, and, um, and now is seeing the benefits um, because of necessity, you know, using QR codes and in restaurants that never thought of any of this before. Um, so do you think that they'll be less resistant to technology now that they've seen what it can do for them? I think so. I, I think that's a great observation. I would also say just with the pandemic and us having to go digital so quickly, on so many fronts, right? Whether it's the distributor example I talked about with the consumer app or even the restaurants, if they didn't have online ordering, how quickly they had to get there so that they could enhance the curbside and take out business knowing they couldn't seat anybody in the dining room. I think that is the one positive that's come out of this. I think we were able to quickly make that leap and make those digital channels available and we're becoming more comfortable with them. And I think that as consumers, we're becoming more comfortable with them as well. It's, it's something we've gotten accustomed to in order to continue to bring the right meals and foods into our homes for our families. Yeah, the guest expectations and if the guests desire it, the restaurants want to provide it. Yes, absolutely. 
So when you're a restaurant customer, do you look for certain things on a menu in in the facility um, that make you comfortable dining there? So personally, I do. Um, because I work in this wonderful world of data, I love to see companies that really use the data as a strategic asset. And when I go into a restaurant, I do like to see what's included in the dish, where some of the food came from, you know, what are some of the nutritional composition items about it, and knowing that they've got different ordering methods depending on my diet and my preferences. That tells me that they're really savvy and they've got a lot of information about the wonderful meals that they're planning and putting in front of you and giving you to choose from. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. Yeah, well, thank you.